Welcome to Ruby Red Slippers Soul Care Podcasts and the Renegade Women in Soul Care series. I'm your host, Arlana Scola. Who is the renegade woman? She is the woman who behaves in an unconventional manner. She is the woman who rises to the occasion of her calling, her vocation, her passion to overcoming, to serving, and to bettering the world and any other number of verbs that call to her soul. Many people ask, what is soul care? Soul care is an ancient practice and a modern-day necessity. The care of the soul was and is central to our spiritual life. C.S. Lewis said, you don't have a soul, you are a soul. Caring for the soul matters because soul neglect happens, soul deprivation is real, and caring for the soul is of vital importance to leading a well-balanced and abundant life. The following is a beautiful quote from Ken Geyer. He says, The soul, though at all times hidden, is at all times revealed, expressing itself through everything we say and do. Through the ordinary brushstrokes of everyday life, a portrait of our soul is being painted. Such an eloquent expression. In the process of being renegade women and caring for our souls, we must remember to take time and make time for soul care and soul prayer. Welcome to Ruby Red Slippers Soul Care Podcasts and the Renegade Women and Soul Care series. Today we have a very, very special episode because we have two guests today instead of the traditional one. The first guest is Felicia Neal and our second guest is Robin Blair. Felicia, can you tell me a little bit about yourself since I didn't receive your bio? Yes, absolutely. I am from California. We grew up in the same area. Yes. Um, Ventura, Thousand Oaks, Westlake, um, that area over there, pretty much Sodom and Gomorrah now, but back then it was really, really beautiful. And I, I had a beautiful upbringing, uh, lots of horses, unfortunately, not a lot of God. I worked with horses um, ever since I was a little kid. I lost track of myself and was trying to fill my whole entire soul with um, everything but the Lord and uh, got myself into some trouble. Ended up um, going to prison and uh, doing all kinds of uh, horrible things to my body. And I was soulless pretty much. I mean, it was, I was, it was horrible. Um, I graduated from Thousand Oaks High School and then I went off into the world and um, that was not a good thing if you don't, if you don't have your armor on. Right. So I ended up um, getting, getting in a lot of trouble. Uh, only up until the last uh, 13 years is um, when I, when I was able to choose. Uh, well, I, I mean, I guess God had uh, plans for me all along, but I didn't know what they were. I, fi- I finally found my purpose in life or God's purpose for me. I came out to Arizona after all the, the trials and tribulations being forged in fire. <laughs> uh, and so I'm, I'm, you know, everything that doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And now I have, uh, I'm trying to help children. That's when I think they're the most, the most vulnerable and also the most malleable. And they, they just learn like sponges and uh, through, through the process of teaching them uh, about horses and how healing horses can be and the strength they provide to you. Um, I have, I've been able to start bringing children through my actions and um, hopefully, you know, they see the light that um, God is shining through me and uh, that will lead them to the Lord and explain. I like to explain to them that, you know, even if you don't have a wonderful earthly father, you do have a wonderful father, an amazing father who loves you more than anything. And um, so through Big Miracles Horsemanship, which um, that's when I uh, I started the nonprofit to build on the nonprofit um, this last year after filing, I was really excited and I didn't know what to do with it because I'd never have a business. <laughs> this is my first business venture at um, the age of 54, turning 55 in January. And it's been pretty much inactive except for I have been working with the kids and the horses and it's just amazing during COVID it, it just took off and I found a niche that uh, I didn't know that really that didn't really exist I mean it did but it wasn't uh, as out there 
as you know, when the kids were out of school and they had, they were, they weren't allowed to play with each other, you know, masked up and things like that. And all of a sudden I had all these children to mentor to, and, uh, it just, it, it grew organically and it was just an, an amazing, an amazing miracle. And I'm just so blessed to have the, the horses that I have now. I never thought I'd own a horse again. And all these years of suffering, you know, God has restored yes. everything a thousandfold yeah. that I lost over all those years that, um, yeah. you know, that I lost. I mean, I did it to myself and I, and I, and, you know, my life could have been much different, but I'm glad it wasn't because now that I've been through these things, now I can help others. I can help exactly. other people. Beauty for ashes, you know. Yes, yes. Yeah, ashes and Ezekiel 37, you know, the valley of the dry bones and and how God just moves through our lives and our circumstances to create opportunities for us to bless and restore and empower others. So that is wonderful and I can't wait to talk more about it. I'm going to read Robin's bio and then we will just keep on going. Robin's mom was a renegade woman. Nothing intimidated her. She excelled in male-dominated places. She was an engineer who worked on improving military aircraft. She was an activist who fought to keep trails open to the public. She was the leader of a dirt bike bike club, and she was a mama who loved fiercely and well. Robin lost her amazing mom to cancer right before she turned seven years old, and this was devastating to her. Her dad remarried, and Robin went from camping to clubhouses and country clubs, freedom and adventure to Miss Manners classes, and felt like a fish out of water in every way. She found comfort and stability on the back of a horse. It was her love and commitment to horses that saved her from going down darker paths and kept her going until she met the one who called her out of the darkness and into the light, Jesus. The wounds and challenges of her past had been around, and as she was entering college, she was an atheist. She had just enough religion to make her feel confident in dismissing it. Her first semester in college, she met a kind and caring campus evangelist and felt duty-bound to rescue this person from serving a God who Robin believed did not exist. Robin met with this evangelist each week to try and convince her to become an atheist, and Robin failed miserably. After seven months of meeting together and going through her misconceptions, and the tipping point finally came when, despite all of her skepticism, God healed Robin's migraines. The following week, she went to church. The next week, she surrendered her life to Jesus and has never been the same. She did a complete 180 and became a full-time evangelist herself. When she graduated from the University of Arizona in 2004, She was able to incorporate her love of horses, evangelism, and discipleship through teaching horseback riding Bible studies. Her horse, Stoney, seemed to intuitively reflect what was going on in the heart of each person riding him. Whether they were gentle and willing or stubborn and rebellious, it seemed he would always be acting toward them the way that they were responding to God. People learn the awesome power of meekness beauty, and of partnership in those moments. Robin met her husband at church during her time in college, and they were married in 2006. They welcomed their first son in 2008 and moved to New Zealand that same year to help a college-focused ministry. They returned to the United States in 2010 to help start a church in Flagstaff, and by now had added three more children to their family. They have recently felt led to move to Scottsdale, Arizona to be part of one church and joined their staff in May 2020. Robin is so thankful for the opportunity to reconnect with Felicia and to be able to interact with her amazing herd. She is forever grateful for the impact partnering with horses has had on her life, and she is so excited to see how God will use Felicia to touch the lives of others as she extends the opportunity to them. Well, we have three horsewomen here and three Jesus lovers here and three evangelists here today. So Felicia and Robin, I would like to welcome you to Renegade Women and Soul Care. And let's talk about how we met. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) that was such a crazy 
morning on Sunday morning, there's nobody out. You were the only one that was out there. <laughs> I was at Circle K Ranch in Dolores, Colorado on a, a, a beautiful mission to help Cindy Brannon and also bless myself in the process. It was, that place is anointed. The, the guest yes. ranch is amazing. And I was, I, I, got up real early and I was going to go out before church and see the horses. So I walked out there and lo and behold, there's another person out there, you know, Sundays, there's no one around. And so here you come with your dog walking down the trail. And I, of course, stopped to say hello. (laughs) And uh, we started talking and, uh, you know, I really, I thought you were just a guest at the ranch, which you were, but when I, when I, (laughs) When I walked into the, when I walked into the church or or the it's it's the lodge where we you're having service there, there you were as the pastor. It was <laughs> it was a great morning. Yeah, it was a beautiful morning. <laughs> that was so amazing. It was very cool. I mean, what a what a chance encounter, and and yeah. then to walk in there and see you at the podium. I I you could have knocked me over with a feather. <laughs> <laughs> and and also your I remember you were wearing your Ariat, the one with the broken zipper. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and quite upset about that broken zipper, I must say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so Robin, why don't you say how we met, although we haven't had the joy of meeting in person yet? Well, thankfully, Felicia being the incredible connector that she was kind enough to invite me to be a part of this. So me and Felicia actually met a little bit by chance through through Facebook. We both go to one church and she friended me and found out we were both from Thousand Oaks and both loved horses and we're friends with uh, Pastor Rowdy and Pastor Ashley. And we connected from then and it's just been amazing getting to know her better and now to have a chance to get to know you. Wow. That is amazing. And again, you know, we have all these connections already, but Thousand Oaks, as Felicia mentioned, I grew up in Calabasas. And so, you know, right next door, that is just amazing. Isn't it though? It really, really is. And I love how, as as both of you know, how God moves us and intertwines us and develops strength and power within us to meet in community with other people and that's just part of what this renegade woman thing is. It's about empowering women to see how God has created them to be strong and dynamic and amazing and brilliant and how they care for themselves and their souls in the process. So I'm excited to hear what both of you have to say about those kinds of things. And I'm just going to jump in and, and ask each one of you, what would you like listeners to know about you in addition to what is on your bio? Go ahead. Um, well, I guess just that I love to talk and my passion is teaching. So I apologize in advance if I'm a little bit wordy. Like, no apology yeah. necessary. <laughs> and you know, the the bio that she read was absolutely, Alana, that, with our, that Alana read was beautiful. You are a wordsmith. I can't wait to see what we have, uh, what you have. So when Robin came over to the, my place, I was telling her that I needed some help with the webpage. Yes. And, um, and she says, well, I can put something together. And I had no idea how talented she was until just now. <laughs> I mean, she's talented in so many ways, but yes. I, that was pretty neat. <laughs> I do love words. So again, match made in heaven. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. God puts right. people in the right place at the right time. Seriously, that he does. So I'm going to ask each of you specifically, and we'll just go back and forth. So you don't have to wait for the other person to answer anything. So I'll just start. Robin, why do you consider yourself to be a renegade woman? Well, I mean, I love the way that you claim and define the word, but I actually kind of looked a little bit into the root of renegade and it's actually from the Latin and it means it's from the re, which means again, and yes. nego, which means deny. And so I think that really applies to my life because I have denied again and again, the enemy's invitation to bitterness, yeah. victimhood. You know, I've denied negativity and made a conscious effort to embrace gratitude 
And I have denied the way the world says to do things. And I've chosen instead to follow the word of God. Yes. And that actually becomes more of a perceived renegade position every day in our society. Yes, it does. They want you to fit in their boxes and I refuse. Yeah. Yeah. Fit in the box and act appropriately. And I'm like, uh, yeah, no. (laughs) I don't think so. Not my box. (laughs) Yeah. It's never going to be my box. And we have to empower other women and Felicia children female little girls to know that we don't have to fit in anybody's box, but the way that God made us to fit into what he wants us to do. So Felicia, why would you consider yourself to be a renegade woman? Well, I did the same. I looked up the renegade uh, and I saw that, that it, it initially was for the, the monks. They used it for the monks as um, a renegade monk, mm-hmm. uh, the archaic meaning. So they they denounced their religion, and what I did was I did, I did the opposite. I I renounced what I was doing in the world. Yes, I I left what I everything I knew and what I was doing, and I and because it, it obviously was not working for me. I mean, when you end up a drug addict on the streets from being a normal, and we grew up in a, I grew up in a normal area. I mean, yeah. I went to an all girls private Catholic school, which was you know probably the reason I ended up in the, on the street. <laughs> on the street. (laughs) You know, I mean, most of the people that I went to school with, I mean, a lot of them ended up, you know, doing all kinds of illicit behaviors and things like that because they, you know, just the, uh, that whole thing is a whole nother story. But I left that whole thing I was doing out there with, you know, I was, I was, I had every addiction that known to man. Mm -hmm. I started out with food. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm on drugs and I just couldn't fill that void. Yeah. And so I left that and you know, left the dark, dark side and went <laughs> and went to the light side. Yeah. And I had to go for the light. I mean, when I, but the thing I was missing most was just, I knew that I was a child of God when I was little, but I didn't, didn't have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that was, that's the most important thing. But when I, when I came back after all those years abusing myself and not appreciating the life that God had given me, it was a miracle. It's miraculous. The transformation is, it's new. You're fresh. You're new. You've been, you've been washed. So I'm, I'm, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes, most definitely. And I can relate to both of your expressions of that question in, in my life and in my journey of overcoming and refusing to go down a certain kind of path. And then seeking redemption and restoration, and then, you know, the glory of God raining down and and helping me take, you know, the next best step that he has planned for me. So thank you both for, for sharing about that. Felicia, what do you consider is your most significant accomplishment? The most significant accomplishment, uh, just um, doing, leaving that all behind and yeah. choosing to do the right thing, choosing to do not what the world says is is good as far they, they want you to think that everything that feels good, if it feels good, do it. That you know right. that expression. Yeah. I mean, that, but that's the whole culture. Our whole culture is that, and and not going in that direction. People look at you like you're crazy. Yep. You know, they look at you like you're you like you're insane when you're not choosing that route, and um, being able to step away and not do choose those things and choose the the right thing the moral thing that's a huge accomplishment for me yeah because I chose I was choosing the opposite for so long and you know when you're not used to choosing the right thing to do choosing the right thing is difficult yeah definitely thank you for that and Robin what about you what do you consider to be your most significant accomplishment well definitely I would say hands down my kids I mean they are amazing so yes uh, they are (laughs) just last night I was like amazed at my son he's 14 and he just entered this um, online school called Valor Global Online and he's leading a devotion for his bible class and so he was like practicing it with me and I was just blown away by how Mm. much passion he had and the way that he kind of knit it all together and Mm. explained it so and then even just this morning I was in my the girls room with my daughters and they were like Mom, thank you so much for how you raised us to know the truth. Wow. Mm, I've okay. homeschooled all of them. And they said, the more kids we meet, the more we appreciate the choices you've made. 
Yeah. I actually heard once somebody said, sometimes your greatest contributions may not be something that you do, but someone you raise. And my kids and I, I definitely think that's true. Oh, I love that. Beautiful. Yes. And to hear that Robin and for people to like, take a minute and soak that in, that is the greatest accomplishment that those of us that are moms or those of us that are mentoring and helping to raise people can bless the world with is an awesome human being. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Thank you for that. Super powerful. Robin, what is your favorite word and why? Well, mine seems like a little bit of a funny one, but I love it because it's full of promise and very versatile. And that's the word seed. Um, seed. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's used of plants, but it's also used about children. It's the word of God. It's finances, yes. faith, people, mm. nourishment, investments, increase, like all these things, like the kingdom of God is compared to it. And it's the central focus of one of my very favorite parables. So it always reminds me to guard my heart and be faithful yeah. to receive so it can increase. I love that. Me too. Me too. Thank you. This is one of my favorite, this little thing right here, this favorite, least favorite is one of my favorite things about this whole thing. Because, you know, Robin, you're obviously a wordsmith and Felicia, you've acknowledged that as well. But words are so amazing. And the words that are the most special to us and the least special to us, they're so rich. So thank you for that. Felicia, what is your favorite word and why? Well, you know, the first thing that, I mean, that popped into my head when I read that question, automatically my, like, Jesus, when I attend church at Winter Scottsdale, I hear Ashley and she says, Ashley Van Horn, and she is up there and her voice is, it just makes your whole soul filled when she says the name Jesus. She says the name over and over and it just, yes. it just immediately popped into my head when I read that question. I mean, I, I was trying to think of something else and I can't think of any other words that I, that I know that compares to that because once you, once you say his name mm. and once you really just concentrate and say his name over and over, there's nothing, just a little prayer, anything. There just isn't anything that compares with saying his name. You say his name and everything seems right again. Yes. It just, um, it just, it's amazing how when I hear her over, she says this name just so beautifully. I can hear her right now. And it's just, she's an amazing woman. Uh, and she's such a prayer warrior. And she has just um, so many gifts. And that is the first word that came into my, my mind. And I, I mean, I considered all kinds of other words. I'm like, well, sure. I mean, everyone, everyone loves, well, everyone loves Jesus. If you're, if you love Jesus Christ, you love Jesus Christ, you love his name. But I couldn't think of any other word when I tried to put it down on yeah. paper. It just didn't compare to his name. So I, I Amen. put that. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Thank you. That is beautiful. Robin, your least favorite word and why? Well, that one's really tough because I love all words. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even the challenging ones in the right circumstances and context, they have good applications. (laughs) This one I set for a long time. I actually had to go online and look up. I'm like, what are people's least favorite words? Because I couldn't think of my own. But the only one that could come close was I thought maybe the word fetus because it's used to dehumanize humans and to dismiss them. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That is good. Thank you. Thank you. Felicia, what about you? Least favorite word and why? Oh my goodness. I cannot stand. I cannot stand the word can't. Can't. (laughs) Can't is, uh, I tell tell the kids that is not in my vocabulary. What does it mean by that? I don't understand it because you can and God gives the ability to do anything. You can do all kinds of things that you didn't think you could do. I never thought I could do all kinds of things that I'm doing now. And guess what? Through his grace, I am able to do really, really hard things. So I I don't like to say I can't and I don't accept that word. Just won't accept it from, from myself. And I don't accept it from the kids that I teach because 
God gives us the capability to do, do all things through Christ mm-hmm. who strengthens us. Absolutely. Which exactly. The three of us know very, very well. Mm-hmm. Felicia, what is the hardest thing you've ever done? The hardest thing I've ever done is, well, there's a lot of things that I had a real hard time choosing that. There've been a lot of hard things, mm-hmm. really, really hard things that, um, but the whole, that the whole, in a nutshell, getting out of the life I was leading and I thought it was going to be, uh, that was going to be really, really hard. And it was at first. And now um, it seems like it wasn't hard at all. You know how pain, right. you know, the pain of childbirth, pain of childbirth goes away after, and that's why we keep on having children, right? If we have <laughs> the, the pain, the pain goes away. So hard things aren't so hard after you get through them. Right. And so I'm the hardest thing I've ever had to do is just climb out of the pit that I was in, yeah. but I wouldn't have been able to do it had it not been for all the wonderful people that God has put in my life, like a beautiful tapestry. He's been weaving yes. these things all, all our life since before, before we were born. He knows every hair on our head, every cell in our body, and he knows yes. exactly what's in store for us and what he's, what he has for us. I tell people that, that when I figured out that I had a heavenly father that would, that was out there and all I had to do was have a conversation and have a conversation with him. And it was like a long lost father that I didn't know what I had that had, was rich beyond my wildest dreams and wanted to give me everything. All I was waiting for, waiting for was for me to call. And I picked up the phone, the glory telephone, and I called him and he is like, I love you. I've been loving you from afar. Mm-hmm. I've, you have, you have never called me. And now that you have, now we have a relationship. And then all of a sudden, just the world changed for me. Yep. It's just, I mean, it's, I just think it's just like having it some yep. unbelievably rich father that just wants, wants to give you everything, everything in the world that's good for you. It is true. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And Robin, for you, what is the hardest thing that you have ever done? Uh, I would definitely say navigating losing my mom as a child. I mean, that's that's still one you kind of have to navigate every day at a time. You know, yeah. it's always coming up. But I mean, it was hard because I felt like I kind of had the perfect setup as a child. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was the daughter of two adventure-loving engineers who loved me like crazy. It was like, you know, it's like having a horse that's bred and trained and like perfectly prepared to run well. And then somebody just comes up and takes a baseball bat to one of their legs. Yeah. I mean, I felt like after that, I was never going to live up to my potential, Mm. you know, but then realizing that God's a redeemer, even though the enemy meant that to destroy me, God's redeeming it so I can actually help others better. I thought recently about how the things that go well in your life are a blessing to you, but the challenges that you face are actually a blessing to others. Yes. And mm. all of this, yeah, I can actually help others in a way right. I can before. I love it. It's, you know, letting those pain points become a purpose point. Yeah. And, you know, it's great just developing and having and learning strategies that can then help others to navigate some of their own challenges. Yes. That's and beautiful. For both of you, just spectacularly stated and so true we can change the lives of people and help them grow through the pain because of the pain that we've been through and the fact that we made it and we made it because you know the lord nurtured us through and provided for our needs and and restored us and redeemed us and refilled us and all of those things but what an honor to know that um the pain and the agony of what we went through can be used to bless somebody else and to restore somebody else. That's like the favorite part of my life that, you know, I've had some really, really hard stuff too. Mm-hmm. And because I've had it and I made it through with the grace of God, I can look somebody dead in the eye and say, I made it and you can too. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. here's the reason why. So woo, thank you, ladies. Love that. Good stuff. So, Robin, what makes you weep? So, actually, dog movies. <laughs> I don't know why those always get me. Like, Homeward Bound. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I remember, like, uncontrollably sobbing oh. because of a movie, and it still gets me. <laughs> yeah, I got goosebumps even hearing you say Homeward Bound. I'm like, woo. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Okay. Dog movies. I love it. 
Felicia, what about you? Oh my God, just that brought to mind Old Yeller. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I read that book. I think I was six. Uh huh. And I lost my mind. I I could not get over. I bawled and bawled and bawled and bawled. I tell I I don't tell anybody to read that book because it was just so horrific for me. I haven't I never gone back and read it again to see if it was that bad. But all I remember was crying my eyes out. Aww. But um, yeah, my husband is a real uh, crying in movies. He cries at all movies. So cry yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, sweet. Yeah, I don't cry that much, and I cry. I make an absolute fool of myself when I'm at church when we we do in praise and worship. Yeah. For some reason, music just, um, especially you know, worship music just brings me to tears and yeah. racking sobs. It's it kind of it's cathartic, but um, it's pretty much the only thing that really makes me cry. Yeah, I can understand that. Mm. Thank you for that, ladies. Felicia, what brought you to this point in your life? Oh my goodness, that's the um, that is. There's a lot okay. of things that have that has brought me to this point in my life. I mean, there's just a, a myriad of different people and places and things that have, have uh, gotten me to where I am today, but the, like, God has put wonderful people in my life and they all come at just the right time. And, and now that I am, that I'm able to, God has given me more responsibility because uh, he, he's, he gives me just enough responsibility not to overwhelm me, but I, I have been a little bit, um, I've been praying a lot this last year about the nonprofit. And uh, it's very difficult for me. I, I don't know how to do a lot of things because I did not um, get to do those things in my life. Like yeah. the, the normal people know how to balance a checkbook and um, and use a computer and things like that. And I, <laughs> just the most mundane things I don't know how to do. And I, I, I pray for the people to come into my life to help me with this. And But uh, I'm blessed to be able to be here in Scottsdale, Arizona and be going to uh, one church Scottsdale and uh, they are the the pastors and the people at the church have been just so absolutely amazing encouraging um, and um, prophetic healing I, every uh, and just amazing and I really credit them for giving me all the encouragement and um, and the words that they use the pastor is so encouraging and I, when I leave there, I feel like I can do anything, like I'm Superman. And uh, I listen to to the services. And when I'm scooping poop in the morning and out in the backyard, got a lot of poop to scoop. And I, I listen to it. I listen to the service um, during the week after church. Just a lot of times I can't get there. But um, but I'm really blessed to have to know all the people and meet these wonderful people that have come in my life. And I'm. God, God's so good at putting just the right person yeah. in just the right spot at just the right time uh, to be able to get me where I am today because I didn't do it by myself. Right. That's for sure. I didn't do any of it by myself. All the glory to, all the glory, glory to God because this yeah. is not something I could have done by myself. Yes. Not, in, not any of it. I'm so blessed every day. Yes. When I wake up in the morning, the sun is shining and I get breath in my lungs. And I, I can stand up on my own two feet. I'm healthy and happy and can't wait to see the children that come. And I can't wait to get up and go see my horses. And I'm just, I'm, I'm so blessed and so humble that I just, I'm just humbled by the, the awesomeness of what God's done in my life. Yes. It's such a blessing the way that he guides us and directs us and mm-hmm. the beautiful fruit that springs out from those beautiful things that he does for us and beautiful mm-hmm. people that he puts in our path. Yes. Robin, what about you? What brought you to this point in your life? It was pretty much Jesus and horses. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, especially, yeah. you know, before I became a Christian, horses really helped kind of fill that that void that place where there was a lot of pain in my heart and I mean honestly kept me alive sometimes yeah I mean Mm -hmm. either it would help me to avoid a dangerous situation because I'd choose my horse over a rave in the desert any day (laughs) or (laughs) more directly where you know saying no to suicidal thoughts because just thinking about the effect that it would have on my horse so I feel like that got me to college 
And then Jesus has gotten me every step since then. He got me out of that point of just surviving day to day all the way to really thriving. Yeah. I love yeah. that. That, that, that finding your purpose. Beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, the three of us know that and there are, you know, millions of other people that know it too, about the power of a horse in a life and what they can teach, what they can mirror, the power and strength they have, but the gentleness and and the tenderness and the kindness and the um, ability to understand in ways that humans can't articulate in the same way. So I think that we both, all three of us are blessed by that. And I know for me personally, they definitely um, saved my life. And so I am thankful that very early on, God planted horses in my soul because he knew that I was going to need them to survive the heavy waters and the, the darkness that I went through. So I am, I'm super thankful for that. Yeah. Felicia, if you could yes. go back to your younger self and hand out free advice, what would you say? I would tell myself not to look for the things of the world to fill that humongous yeah. void that I had. I mean, just like you said, I had this huge, it was like, I didn't have, it was like, I didn't have a torso. It was just one big maw, open maw of just yearning. And I didn't know what I was yearning for. Oh, so I tried yeah. to fill it with everything I could. And I didn't know that, uh, you know, my, my aunt, my aunt kept telling me that, but she told me, she says, you can't fill it with the, with the things of the world. And I didn't know how to, I, and I didn't understand how to fill it. I, all I did was keep trying and you can't ever fill it. No matter right. how much money, how much, how much, how many drugs, how much food, how much, whatever it is that you're, that you're trying to fill it with, nothing will ever fill it. I mean, the horse, horses were the, were close. I, I got close. Yeah. <laughs> horses were like, like you guys both have said, you ladies both have said it. it they really saved me a lot of the time, but then without the horses, I was a huge open wound and, uh, and I didn't have anything that would even come close to filling it until, until I found the Holy spirit. And so, and then when you find your purpose. Yeah. Priceless gift. Yeah. Thank you. And Robin, what about you? If you could go back to your younger self and hand out free advice, what would you say? Well, I definitely tell her that life is full of seasons, but that seasons are by definition finite. Yes. And it's like all seasons feel like they're never going to end, but that they eventually pass. So let her know, don't worry, you won't be single forever. <laughs> change diapers forever. Right. <laughs> and then it's actually going to go quicker than you think. And you're going to regret the time that you wasted and the energy stressing over all of it. So mm-hmm. and, This part I would actually have her write down because I think this one's important. It's how you sow in spring and how you tend in summer will determine how you celebrate in autumn and how you fare in winter. Wow. Because I think it's it's so important to know how interconnected all these seasons are. Yeah. You know, and playing catch up hurts. Oh boy. Yeah. When you think of the natural springtime and it's like the weather's cooler because there's a lot of work to do and then there's rain that like waters the seed. Right. if you neglect what you're supposed to be preparing for, you end up really laboring under those harsher conditions in summer. And then you're likely going to end up with a stunted harvest in autumn and an extremely difficult time making it through winter. So I would tell her that and let her know, tell her, just don't waste time in the slow season. Let her know, be faithful and so, and then also to make sure you take time to celebrate, celebrate Thanksgiving because you'll eventually harvest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. This too shall pass. Yes. Good words. Robin, what women have inspired you? Um, well, I would say the Proverbs 31 woman. Mm, yeah. Not those common cross-stitched on pillow verses. I love the ones like the ones where she considers a field and buys it. And from her earnings, she plants a vineyard. I yeah. love that she is like this savvy business investor and she can see potential in things and that she improves the things that she gets. And how she girds herself with strength and she makes her arms strong because me and my husband have worked on a lot of projects. We've built some Airbnbs and in those seasons, (laughs) I end up with some pretty strong arms because if he's working, I'm going to be out there working right beside him. And I think that's great that, I mean, 
the Proverbs 31 woman is not afraid of getting her hands dirty. Right. So, and I love that she provides belts to the tradesmen. I mean, she sees a need and she finds a way to fill it. And I find that beyond admirable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, that is beautiful. And I think that's that's a good reminder for us because I think in the the everyday sort of landscape that I know for me, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about her. I think about a lot of things and women and strength and, you know, all the things that God has blessed us with, but to focus on her biblical strength and her God-empowered wisdom and that kind of thing, that's a great word. So thank you for that, Robin. I appreciate that so much. Felicia, what women have inspired you? Well, well, my mom was a super mom, but um, uh, I always looked up to her um, and wanted to be like her. She could do anything. But my Aunt Artie, my mom's older sister, is a wonderful lady. And I always looked up to her. She always, she looked amazing. She she just, she was in Chicago and she was a, um, worked at a law firm and I, she just looked amazing. But then when I was having trouble, she could, would tell me that, we'd go to church and she'd tell me, you have to pray, you have to pray. Mm. And I would see her and the relationship she had with God. And, and I kept telling her, well, I want what you have. I, I don't know how to get that. Yeah. She said, just keep praying. And I, it took forever. It seems like forever until I didn't realize what she had was the Holy spirit. And that's what I wanted. I wanted that, that fullness inside you where you are able to have that conciliary that you can, you can, yes. everything that you need to ask or that the judgment calls every, everything. There's nothing. I don't, I don't leave anything to chance. I never just make a decision. All the decisions I've made that I haven't consulted that um, God about have turned out horribly wrong yeah. in so many ways. So I, she had that and she, that she was such an inspiration to me. And I, I wanted that so badly, what she had, the relationship she had with God, and I did not get it. And I, I remember the day when I would, when I would unwound myself enough where it was as if the rope, like I was wound up like a thread, thread on a spool, yeah. really tight. And then when all that thread just came off, it was like instantaneous. I just, I felt a rush, this wonderful feeling inside me like I was just filled with the breath of God as I mean it sounds crazy but it was just I all of a sudden I felt this just rush right inside my body where I was able to accept uh, accept the Holy Spirit inside me and I I thought oh my I have to call my aunt <laughs> I have to call my aunt and tell her it was amazing it was it was just the most ex- crazy experience and most wonderful experience because every day after that moment has been an absolute blessing, just raining blessings. And yeah. every thought that I have, God hears every, the faintest, even if I just think it, I mean, I, I don't even know that he's listening, but he listens to everything. I, everything I think, everything I, everything I, even I don't have to even pray about it. I just, he, I think it and he hears me and he answers my prayers. I never had a relationship like that in my life. And you can't have any relationship like that other than with God. And I just loved that that she had that. And I am so blessed to be able to, I want to tell everybody that you've got to let, let God in and have that beautiful relationship because there's now I'm able to let go that in that saying, I used to, I used to hate when people tell me this, Oh, let go, let God. Oh my gosh. I I got so tired of hearing people say that. Oh, you got to pray about it. I used to think they're, they're insane. I mean, I remember that. I didn't think, what are you talking about? And I thought everyone was crazy. And then now I think that no, never a truer saying has been said than let go, let God. Yeah. I feel like a little child. He's taking my hand and leading me in everything in my life. I don't have to worry about anything. Nothing. Absolutely. You don't worry about anything. Really? You know that you have a parent that's going to take care of you. And he knows so much better than you. I mean, I feel like I'm two and he's my father and he knows he's going to provide for me. He's going to meals. He's going to take care of me. I don't have to worry about anything, anything ever again. And uh, that's so, it's such a freedom. It's so, it's so so freeing to know that I'm, that I have a father who's going to take care of me for the rest of my natural and um, unnatural life. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yes. It is. It's such a blessing, especially when, as you've experienced and Robin, I'm sure you have to experience the, 
the deep knowledge and understanding of the truth of that, you know, in your life. And it comes to each of us in different and specific ways. But um, just to know that he's got you. It's a, it's a priceless gift. Can I actually redo my, the person I admire the most? You can do whatever you want. (laughs) You know, when Felicia was mentioning her aunt, like, I was like, man, I, my aunt is actually probably the person on earth that I most look up to and admire. My aunt Susan, she had such a tough upbringing. She ended up moving out of her house by 16, Mm. having a child early, but she started out as the cashier at a car dealership and worked her way all the way up to being the CFO. Wow. We had so many awful experiences with people who just treated her terribly. And she stayed as the most tenderhearted, loving person I know. And even my aunt lived to be 102. And my great aunt, she was terrible to my aunt Susan though, like all through growing up. And she Uh still welcomed my aunt Elsie into her house and cared for her full time for the last like three years of her life. And she has been the person who has walked beside me through everything, has been there for me whenever I needed her, has loved so deep. And she is my hero. (laughs) And I love her so much. That is wonderful. And thank you for backing up and um, acknowledging the power that she's had in her life. And she definitely was one of the gifts that God gave you to help you um, along the way. So thank you for sharing that. Robin, what soul care practice do you do and how do you feel when you have tended to your soul? Well, you know, I I think for me, again, going back to words, (laughs) it's the co-study of the word of God. Like I love to examine the Bible and creation. And it's, it's, to me, it feels like I'm like going on an Easter egg hunt with God. Like I love looking all over and it's like, he'll kind of give me hints like, Hey, have you checked over by the flower bed? And then it's like the thrill of discovery. And it's just awesome. I love the adventure of it. And there's been times like I'll, I was studying recently about plant roots and the metamorphosis of a butterfly. And I'm looking at these secular sources and realizing it's like one of the best sermons imaginable. And they yeah. don't even realize that they're preaching it. It's just so good. So that brings me so much joy. But then the other soul care practice that's really vital to me is gratitude. I mm-hmm. really, I start spiraling if I start focusing on the negative, but it just turns everything around when I start thinking about all of the great things that we have. I mean, even just as far as it's funny for me, I always start with the fact that I still have 10 fingers because I know you can't see it on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. 10 fingers. Those suckers could fall right off. Yeah. <laughs> One door close away from them being gone, but just realizing like, man, I have 10 fingers. Like I can do so much with these. Like, oh my goodness, I have this amazing husband. I have these beautiful kids. I, I have fresh water that I don't have to hike 10 miles to haul yeah. back to my house. Like it just... It, that's another thing that just brings me so much joy and just turns everything around when I do it. Yeah, that is, that's so important. And I, I had a gratitude acknowledgement epiphany recently at a retreat that I and two other women held at my house and it was a game changer. And I just thought, why have I been living my life without being actively acknowledging things and being grateful for things every day, like the fresh air and, you know, some of the things you mentioned. And so it it was a game changer for me. So I I definitely appreciate what you're saying about it. I definitely use that as part of my personal soul care practice of consciously being aware of having the attitude of gratitude that, you know, people talk about. So thank you so much. Felicia, what soul care practice do you do and how do you feel when you have tended to your soul? Well, I, again, gratefulness, that is an absolutely wonderful way to have soul care, staying grateful. Um, Sometimes I'll get on Facebook and I start flipping through, seeing what everyone else has and what they're doing. And it's very, very, it breaks you down. It really does. I mean, I'm very happy for people, but it starts making me feel like I want more. Yeah. And I think, well, I want a better house. I want a better car. I want a better horse. I want a better this or that. I mean, it just, and you're not even thinking that, and you know, you're not like voicing it, but in your, in your mind, your mind creates these little horrible things that eat away at your soul and make you 
very ungrateful and it makes me a horrible person. So I have, I really have to, like you, um, Robin, I have, and you as well, Arlana, with that gratefulness study, that is, that's amazing. And really looking at what I have and being grateful. I mean, I, if when I, when you look at where I came from and being dropped off in, in a paper suit on the corner in Goxnard, California from the prison with 40 bucks in my pocket, and then to see all the blessings God has, has yeah. bestowed on me you would think that I would be forever grateful and just so happy with what I have. But sometimes you just, you start looking at other people's stuff and it, it just starts, it wears on you in a way that you don't even risk it. So yes, I try and stay off Facebook as much as I possibly can for soul care. Yes. <laughs> stay off, stay off that. And then sharing my blessings with sharing my blessings and getting a good word from the pastor's. And I mean, that's just, that gives me, it's like putting gas in my, it's like putting gas in my tank. You know, I can't go very far without hearing, hearing something wonderful that I, because I know I look forward to it. And I, and and then I go back and I listen to the sermons while I'm, like I said, while I'm picking up poop and and, uh, tending to the horses. And when you tend to the horses and you're listening to uh, Pastor Rowdy, it's a double, it's like, is it a double whammy? You get all kinds of, of wonderful soul care right there. You're hearing the good word and you're getting this wonderful love from the horses and giving love to the horses. You can't start your day any better than that. Amen to that. As you were talking, I was just thinking about, for me personally, the beautiful serenity in just listening to a horse chew his hay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> horse Amen. people get yeah. that, but just like, oh man, just let me sit here and hear the sounds and smell the smells. And I don't have that actively in my life right now. And that's okay. But that is a super sweet soul care spot for me is just being in the presence of everything about them. Yes. And you know, that is so amazing. There is such a wonderful joy in that. When I worked at the racetracks in Cypress, California, uh, I would get up at 3.30. I was the first barn up and I would hear all my horses. Yeah. Um, they're, they're pawing and, and walking in the straw and they're chewing and licking and chewing and snorting and nickering. Mm. They know it's breakfast time. Um, they heard my alarm go off. They smell the coffee. Cause I lived, I lived in a stall on the track uh-huh. and listening to them fart <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah they fart and walk around they're nickering and they're banging on the door to their neighbor and and the smell the smell of the early morning the moisture in the air and and it was just so yeah. beautiful to hear that and there's not no other sounds it's just so yeah. quiet at that time of the morning and it's it's absolutely soul filling <laughs> so it, it i love that is yeah. yeah yes i absolutely love it too um, Robin, have you ever experienced deprivation of the soul? And if so, can you explain? I mean, definitely. That was the point I really reached in that first year of college. I mean, mm. feeling so lost and going down some pretty dark paths. And it was just like all of that trauma from childhood was starting yeah. to resurface. Everything I'd pushed down just creeped back up. So I was started practicing some self-harm stuff and drinking heavily and just felt really, really hopeless. And so, so I'm forever grateful to Jesus saving me in that moment. Yeah. First year being like, well, if there is a God, you better do something quickly. I don't think I'm going to make it out of here. Yeah. Oh. Boy, did he, he met me right where I was at. Yeah. Oh, wow. Phenomenal. And that's what he does. He's just like, hey, I'm right here. Let's go. Right. I love it. Yeah. Felicia, yeah. how about you? Have you ever experienced deprivation of the soul? Oh God, yes, so much. I mean, um, my soul was starving to death, absolutely starving to death. I felt just like you, Robin. I'm like, you know, if you know you're out there, and I'm, but why am I on this earth? What I might as well just end it now. I was very suicidal, yeah. And um, I, I really tried to kill myself. I'm not kidding. I, I did. I, I tried to kill myself in so many ways and so many times, and. Finally, did I ended up in the hospital and for like the end, you know, end time. And the doctor says, you know, tired of seeing you in here. You either need to get some help or you need to do this 
right because you're not you're not, not succeeding at it. <laughs> he said, he said, I just want to let you know you can't kill yourself because I, I I didn't know anything about drugs back then. Uh-huh. I was, but when I was much younger, and he and he said you can't kill yourself with over the counter sleeping pills and a bottle of alcohol. It doesn't work. You just sleep for four days and you wake up and you can't stand. <laughs> so I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing you in here. So, and I thought, well, that was kind of mean. <laughs> But you know, I, I was just, I was the same way. I just I didn't see any purpose in living, and I, I it's so hard. It's so hard if you just if you don't find if you don't find your purpose, and you're angry. And I was such an angry person. I was, and, and you have to forgive. Yeah, you know, forgiving is so important. If you, I was so angry, and it just it I carried that with me for so many years. Until I was able to give that up, it was eating me alive. It was going to kill me. Yeah. And you just don't think you're like, oh, this is it. I just, I can't do this anymore. You, and you just give up. There's yeah. no reason to go on. And that's, it. it is just within your soul is starving and you don't have, you don't know why you are here. And you don't, because how do you get up every morning, go to work, come home, get up and do it again, unless you have an actual purpose in your life. Yeah. Uh, I used to watch my father get up every day, drive three miles into Century City, I mean, three, three, three hours into Century City to work at a job he hated. Yeah. And he drove into the sun and then into the sun on the way home for three hours. Wow. And I lived and I thought, God, he's miserable. How does he do this every day? How does he not want to just shoot himself in the face? I mean, I, I don't understand. And he, and he wasn't, and he didn't go to church and he was miserable. And I, I looked at my parents and I thought, God, is this what I have to look forward to? If you know, why is there so much pain in life? Why are there so much horrible things? So I, until really reached out and found and reconnected with, with him, I did, it, life was so hard. God, it's just yeah. so hard. If you, if it's like swimming uphill and it's a stream of, of rock, you can't swim in rock. I mean, it's just straight uphill. I don't know how anybody can live like that. I mean, I didn't, it was a horrible existence. You're just existing. I'm so grateful and I'm so happy. And I, I don't want anybody else to suffer like I did. Yeah. And and I and I know you guys feel the same way. You just don't want anybody to go through what you went through. Absolutely. Right. And giving back and trying to, to help people shine, shine the light so they can see where where your light comes from. And they said, Wow, I want to, I want to have that. Just like I said, I wanted to have my my when I said Here, oh, I want to have what yeah. you have. How do I get that? I want everyone that my life touches and that doesn't know because there's a lot of people, there's so many people who don't and I didn't and I don't want anyone else to suffer that way. And I'm so glad that, that you two are doing what you're doing. You're amazing women. And, and I want to be just like you guys. (laughs) It's an honor for each of us to be in our gifts and being able to share those gifts with other people and then being able to uplift one another as we walk and do God's calling. I mean, that's, it's about, you know, putting your hand behind the person that's walking next to you and helping them take, take the next step forward. So it's, it's such an incredible blessing. Mm -hmm. Robin, what is your passion piece right now? (laughs) Well, I guess it'll always be co-laboring in Jesus with whatever he's working on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, building and encouraging the body. I mean, my passion is definitely it's evangelism and discipleship. I love meeting with people and having them go like, oh no, like I'm an atheist. I'm not interested in hearing the gospel. And I'm like, oh really? I was too. Let's talk. <laughs> always it always surprises them. <laughs> so it opens up some really good conversations and really excited to to be down here in Scottsdale and, and helping out at one church. And um, it's awesome just being able to rediscover my passion for both writing and writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally making some strides towards a book. So that's been really exciting. And then it's just been amazing connecting with Felicia because my heart has been very much longing to get back in the saddle and really wanting my kids to have an opportunity to experience it, that too. And it's just been such a blessing to connect with Felicia and have that opportunity again. So that gets me so excited for all the things that the future holds. Me too. Wonderful. <laughs> yes. And Felicia, for you, I mean, I think I know what it is, but what's your passion piece right now? The nonprofit, uh, doing what I'm doing now and being able to bring it to 
not only people in Scottsdale that have, you know, are able to fairly, but to kids that don't have that. Yeah. It's just such an amazing thing that I'm doing right now. It's just so wonderful. It's such a blessing to me and I kids that I, that I come in contact with that they, we just love each other. And I'm, God has, I think he's raised my son. So God has restored that part of my life that I lost. Well, he's restored everything, yeah. but that's one of the things that I never, never got to do was raise my son and um, do the things that I was involved in. And that was just such, it was a kind of big pain in my life. That was a real big um, sore spot and emptiness feeling. And I really wanted to experience that. And I was angry at myself for not being there. And and now I'm getting the chance to make up for that by being able to be a part of all these kids' lives. And it's the most amazing thing. I just love it. It's so beautiful to see a small child. You see them. They're just tiny little things. They're just so tiny. And they don't they don't have a whole lot. I mean, they, they're fearful because the animals are big, but then when uh, they are finally able to join up with a, a 1300 pound animal, the look, the look on their faces and they just, they look about 10 times the size they were just 10 seconds ago when yeah. they come to find out that they have absolute power over this animal there or a connection with this animal. They're able to lead this horse, the horse stops for them, the horse follows them, and they are empowered. And it's just the most beautiful thing. And it makes me cry. Well, that's okay. Yeah. So that's one other thing. It makes me cry every time. <laughs> every time. I'm not kidding. Every time I see that look in their face. I hear you. I lose my mind. I just, it, even talking about it makes me want to cry because it just is so beautiful. And and I, I see that it brings such joy. It brings such joy in, to my heart. It's just so exciting to see that. Oh God, I just, I just love, I love this whole chapter in my life is, mm. is just growing at, at being of service and just being around all these wonderful people and these wonderful kids. And I'm just so thankful that I met you, Arlana, and then Robin having you and your children, your family in my life is just I couldn't ask for any anyone better. I couldn't have handpicked, hand selected anyone better to be in my life at this moment. <laughs> God really knows what he's doing, you know? He does. He does. He so thankful. definitely does. Ladies, I'm gonna ask both of you and chime in however you like. This has been an extraordinarily beautiful experience and I I thank you for taking the time. And do you have any final thoughts, either of you, about the things that we've talked about today? I guess I'd just like to say if anyone listening is in the Phoenix area and you're looking for a church, I would very much like to invite you to One Church of Scottsdale. I think you can tell me and Felicia are both very passionate about it. I mean, my husband and I, we helped start a church up in Flagstaff and we did not think that anything but a crowbar was going to get us out of there. We'd even picked out the place we wanted to be buried. We thought that that was it. (laughs) But we were so excited about what we feel like God's about to do at this church out here. And I think it's going to be something so special. It's just, it's all about Jesus and joy. And the minute you walk through the door, it just, it feels like coming home. So I'd like to invite anyone to come check it out. I'll I'll save a seat for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wonderful. I'll put that in the um, in the show notes, Robin. Okay. Um, so it'll be there for people. Felicia, any final thoughts? The same. I love my church and um, I love my pastors and the church is growing and it's, it's just a, exactly a church of joy. If you don't want to have joy in your life, if you want to go to one of those churches that la, 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 and they're just repeating stuff and then it's just very boring and, you know, telling you that you've been a horrible person and that you need to start doing right things, then you can go to the church on the street. But if you want to experience the extreme joy and revival going on um, at one church, it's like Red Bull gives you wings. Well, let me tell you, you walk out of church there and you feel like, like I said, you feel like you can do anything, anything, absolutely anything. They, uh, you just, you know, that you have the power of God behind you and the sky, there's no sky, sky does not have a limit. There's no limits. God is limitless, so he can do anything. 
So if you want to feel like that, and I know that um, I did not know that feeling. And now that I do, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling to have knowing that you have the power of God in your life. Yes. And that you can do anything. There's nothing stopping you. Only the body that you're in is going to stop you from doing something. Um, we're, we're human. I mean, we can't jump off a cliff and fly, but we are, that's the only thing that is, that constrains our power um, is, is our body. Our body is the only thing that's hold us, holding us back. But other than that, we can do anything. And I can, I can lift things I didn't think I could lift. I can do things I didn't think I could do. And uh, you can get a refill your tank at this corner of Sweetwater and Hayden. <laughs> well, I'm going to take both of you lovely ladies up on that. My mom lives in Prescott. And mm. when I'm there again, and um, I'm going to be there for a weekend, I'll connect with both of you and find out what I need to do to come to church at one church, because I love what it feels like already through the two of you. So thank you so much for that. I want to say to both of you, beautiful, amazing women, and to all of our listeners to remember that every day is a once in a lifetime event and to just acknowledge that throughout the day and to remember to take time and make time for soul care and soul prayer. And to ask that you be blessed with peaceful nights and gentle days and that God's presence is felt and acknowledged in your lives. So thank you two for joining me. And I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Orlana. I'm blessed to know you and I can't wait to see you when you come out. Likewise. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much for this opportunity. It's been so great chatting with both of you. Yes. Thank you. I'll look forward to officially meeting you, Robin. Yay. (laughs) Great. I'm so excited. (laughs) Me too. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Arlana. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of Renegade Women and Soul Care. I hope that you were blessed by the conversation today. It's so exciting and wonderful to be able to talk with these amazing, dynamic, powerful women about being a renegade, but also taking time to care for their souls. If you know of somebody that would be good to be on the show, please let me know. You can reach me at Arlana at therubyredslippers.com. And for all things soul care, please check out my website at www.therubyredslippers.com. There's information about retreats and mastermind classes and one-on-one consultations and also information on my book, Sunsets and Soul Care, which can be purchased through my website and also on Amazon. Please remember to take time and make time for soul care and soul prayer. May you be blessed with peaceful nights and gentle days. Ciao for now.